Welcome to a special episode of Talking Fail, where we're, today we're going to talk about the, the book and probably the movie, Ready Player One. With me, I have a special guest, Paul O'Malley from the Two Brothers Talk About Talk Games podcast. How you doing? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I am uh, enjoying the lunchtime relaxation period of my day. Yeah, because you're, you're in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm located in Sydney, so. Oh, cool. Um, so I'll kind of admit, um, I'm the one who, you know, I, I brought up, uh, to, wanted to talk about Ready Player One, but it's actually been a few months since I've read the book, so I might be a little hazy on on some stuff, but I've been spending the last week or so, like, digging through Wikipedia and kind of refamiliarizing myself with all the, as much of the details as I can, so I might be a little... I might be a little hazy or mix up a name or two, but hopefully we can get through this. Oh, don't worry. It's same same for me. Like I um I listened to the audiobook yeah, probably a oh, maybe a few months ago now, but um yeah, it's a bloody good book, so I'll um I'll probably end up hitting it up again over the next few months anyway myself. Yeah, I I actually the audiobook is what I listen to as well. Um and I um I'm 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 assuming it's the same the same version as you where you had Will Wheaton read yeah. it. Yeah, he does a he does a really good job of reading at least nerdy books. Yeah, I must like I um I really thought he did a a pretty darn good job. I especially like the fact that he he didn't even flinch when mentioning himself in the book. His own name, yes. Uh, I, I think I just like started yeah. laughing when he mentioned his own name, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty um, good. Well, if for if you don't know if you aren't familiar with the book, it is. A science fiction dystopian uh, novel um, written by Ernest Cline, and it's basically the plot is thirty thirty years in the future. There's a huge energy crisis. Global warming's kicked in. The real world is is miserable. So people have turned to uh, virtual reality uh, and a virtual reality world called the Oasis. And so people can get in and basically live their lives. The The main character, who is Wade Watts, he he basically goes to school every day in virtual reality. And so that's kind of, that's kind of basically what the opening plot is. Um, let's see. Where the, I'm trying to think of a good, good conversations. Was there anything that you that was particularly interesting about the setting um yeah for myself i found the book to be well one i'm a, I'm a nerd i love games i love video, yeah. video games i love virtual reality um i work with it most days in my day-to-day job so oh, yeah. um for me the yeah um oh yeah so for those who aren't aware on your show um i do work for microsoft um oh, okay. i work in a retail outlet store so we play with virtual reality quite a lot um but the the biggest thing for me about Ready Player One was the fact that it 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 wasn't too far into a dystopian world where that I I couldn't believe it. Um, so the fact that you know everyone kind of jumps into virtual reality and they essentially live and work in and, and go to school in a virtual environment uh, was a really really believable thing for me. Um, I've watched a lot of anime and there's a, an anime that has a very similar sort of vibe uh, kind of it called summer wars where the world moves into a virtual reality place. And so you can, you know, 
do or pay all your bills and everything inside virtual reality. Um, for me, it kind of felt like it was the ultimate combination of virtual reality, but combined with World of Warcraft, Second Life, um, any of those sorts of video games, but all thrown into one. So yeah, I, I, I can, I could believe this future would happen. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think you know when like early virtual reality stuff was coming out, and people were talking about, oh yeah, you can do everything. Like you can. You know, people just live their whole lives in virtual reality, and I was I was kind of skeptical. And then after reading this and seeing like, it's not just doing your normal life in virtual reality. It's like you can you can drive the time traveling DeLorean around in your virtual life, and you can have a jetpack, or you can do you you can live on an asteroid, you know, space station. Like, it's not just your normal life. It's like you can do all the cool nerdy stuff you've ever wanted to do, fly around in an X wing. And that could be your life, and that's why it it seems like in the game, you, or in the that's why it seems like in the book that that's a much more appealing life than the the bleak dystopian outs you know outside world. Yeah, well, I mean, the the only thing that kind of uh, I guess that I thought may not have been too believable was literally the fact that they all live in those places they call stacks um which to try and picture it is literally stacks of caravans like literally little yeah. trailers all stacked into big piles and all welded together with you know scaffolding essentially to hold them all together um i would have tried to picture more along kind of uh not necessarily like a ghetto sort of district or something like that but commission uh do you guys have commission housing in the u.s um, if we do, it's, it's probably like a, a different name. Yeah, basically... Uh, like low-income communal Communal apartments, yeah, low-income yeah. housing. Um, yeah. So apartment complexes that are just kind of stacked up all in one yeah. big district. So um, that's how I would have pictured it moving, but it's yeah, a, that was it's a one thing image where, to see. So, so. That was one thing where it's like, yeah, if you're imagining entire you know city blocks full of trailers that are stacked up on top of each other, yeah, it's like, wh- where did they get so many trailers and is that really feasible for you know living in and that was you know that part was a little weird but it's an interesting visual i think there's some artwork that um i don't know if it's fan made or was made for the book like it's a book cover or something but there's actually some art with you can see the stacks um yeah yeah i saw that floating around online when i was having a bit of a gander not too long ago yeah it's it's a very bleak looking future shall we say yeah definitely Um, um so um one of the big things in the oasis is basically the the two guys who created the oasis are pretty much modeled on steve jobs and steve wozniak and uh, but basically they built the the oasis and the steve jobs uh, you know equivalent just may is was really into 80s culture i think both of them were but um but they're but the 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 Steve Jobs equivalent guy, he basically hid, he he basically made a uh, like a scavenger hunt, kind of a thing inside the all the different worlds of the Oasis, and people have been hunting for whatever the you know whatever the the, the treasure is at the end, and so that's really the plot of the book is uh, the main character Wade is he he's leaving his the bleak outside world and playing in the video games. And kind of starting at the very basic levels and working his way through the game 
the game worlds and trying to find these the keys and hopefully find the treasure at the end yeah it's um it's it's pretty cool like the way they kind of position that part in the story like um halliday the main the yeah. uh, creator of oasis when he passes away basically just kind of throws in an easter egg in the game um which is a pretty common ish thing in video games these days to be perfectly honest but um he throws in one where it's really ridiculously hard to find but the prize is what 240 billion dollars and control of the oasis yeah. um so it's probably probably meant to be difficult um but the the interesting thing is that it takes over five years in the game in the book world or whatever before anything really eventuates most people are just kind of spending most of their time just studying the 80s trivia and you know trying to understand old video games and things like that so that they can have a better chance down the line so I thought it was, there was um, it was really cool with the detail. And he, the the writer obviously did a lot of research into. I don't know if uh, I'm assuming he grew up playing a lot of video games, but you know he did he, he there's a lot of detail in the descriptions of all these different games and all these different uh, not even just games but just pop culture references. Um, it's a lot of arcade games and it, it like a lot of it was it was a little bit before my time. But I could tell that there was this this love of eighties culture and video games, especially. That's kind of I thought that was really yeah, cool. yeah, definitely. I mean, like I um, I played quite a quite a few older games when I was a kid. Um, I'm not as I'm not necessarily old enough to have been around when these games were originally created. At least not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up in a big household with a lot of lot of kids there wasn't necessarily a lot of money to have the latest and greatest console so when all my mates were getting nintendos i was getting the atari 2600 uh when they all got super nintendos i got a nintendo um so it was kind of i was always playing those older games and so when hearing a lot of these references to these older 80s games and things like that and going oh my god i grew up on that you know um really brings back a nostalgic value for me uh, which is probably why I, i read the book in like three or four days yeah, I'm. I'm a little curious that like if somebody who is like, who grew up with none of these contexts at all, like you know none of these video games or anything, and like maybe like somebody who was born in the '90s, basically, like what would they think about uh, if they would like click onto it uh, as well as maybe somebody who's a little bit older? But um, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, I don't. I don't think they would. Um, but like. Even even for someone like myself, like I don't I don't think I probably missed out on maybe thirty five percent of the references that they were talking about. Um, but it's it, I don't think you really need to understand all of the references in order to be engaged in the book. Um, right. I found yeah. enough of the things where the things that I knew were very fleshed out enough to where I just assumed that the things I didn't know were also fleshed out. Like so, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a, it's a it's a great book and it's really really easy to get into. Like, I mean, I, I you if you give it fifteen minutes in the audiobook, you'll be yeah, you'll, you'll be, be listening hooked. to the whole thing. Like, yeah, most definitely. Um, so it's been announced that there there will be a Ready Player One movie film version, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's co-written by the the writer of the book and some other guys. Um, 
but I th- one of the most interesting things that I thought was that it, the music is going to be by John Williams, and I thought that was kind of cr- yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because if you, especially the Spielberg Williams team up, it's it's like an '80s movie made thirty years you know thirty years later almost. It's like a an old school team up. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, obviously, when you when you picture Spielberg in a movie, you picture John Williams with the music, right? Like that's. I guess it's it's kind of just one of those things. Um, I mean, the thing that kind of gets me the most, actually, from the whole references in the movie is the fact that Spielberg is rumored to be basically removing any reference to Spielberg's films and things like that from the actual movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this this kind of struck me as a bit weird, but I, I was reading an article on it a while back, and um, Spielberg's reasoning was that he felt that it would be self-serving uh, to be able to be talking about ET, you know, in in the movie Ready Player One. So he's decided to kind of adapt the novel as opposed to just straight out doing the novel. Yeah, okay, that, you know that makes sense because you don't want to be accused of just referencing your own stuff like hey wasn't wasn't et great and but you're the guy who made et so kind of it, yeah it didn't make it i think yeah, yeah I, th- I think he might be I, I think he's got a point on that um and that's and the other thing is just there's just so many references to you know either video games or movies there's just there's so many like movie licensing there's some licensing things that i'm sure that, that they've had to go through to figure out like what what they what they can feature and what they can't that must have been a yeah, well, nightmare it it's going to be ridiculously hard cuz like they've got a like i like given given my job like i know just how hard it is to get licenses to uh re-release video games and things like that when you've got backwards compatibility um and i just i'd hate to be the person who has to try and get all the licenses to all those old video games when half the companies that originally made them probably don't even exist anymore. And so it's hunting down who owned, who got the license off who and um, and trying to figure that sort of stuff out. Like, yeah, that'd be a massive amount of your budget right there. Yeah, definitely. It'd be, yeah, it, it, I'm, I, I, yeah, that's just one of the things that's like so interesting about this is just seeing how, how they'll handle all that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually had to drop a lot of or change a lot of references and move things around or you know make up some generic you know some generic games that for the backgrounds or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm also the um like the cast that they've kind of I guess lined up is actually not such a really big name cast. Um like I've got the IMDb page up here and I'm just kind of like browsing through it and like in all honesty the only real big name actor is simon pegg and simon pegg's only he's playing ogden morrow which was the i guess the wozniak equivalent um and so he doesn't have a huge role in the movie yeah he's Uh, only whereas most of the other people yeah Yeah, if you're looking at the other people here um i mean Ben Mendelsohn, you know, he's big, but that was, you know, he he was just in a Star Wars movie, so well, he, yeah, yeah, but he, so he's recently big, and um, and they they did just add uh, T.J. Miller as a new character who is not in the book, who basically is described as as a he wants to be Boba Fett or 
you know, he's, he's some kind of like bounty hunter kind of guy, who, which hmm. I think could be interesting. Yeah, maybe I'm just a big. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, the, mo- the put it this way: the moment that movie comes out, I'm going to watch it. Right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. There's no, there's no real doubts there for me personally. So, yeah, as soon as I read read the the book and heard that they were making the movie, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I guess we'll we'll go we'll go into some more uh, spoilery kind of stuff. We we'll talk about some real plot. So, if you if you are interested in reading the book and you haven't yet, um, well, you should read the book because it's really good. But um, you should probably turn away now if you you want to keep yourself uh, free from being spoiled. Um, so is uh, I don't really have any like an agenda. So is I mean, is there is there anything like really spoilery that you thought was interesting um, you wanted to talk about? Um, to be honest, like uh, the the way the the story progressed. Um, and kind of like finding some of the clues for like the way Wade and his friends found the clues and that some of them, some of the ways that happened seemed a little too, too easy, I guess, for me, um, or too, I guess, lucky in some respects. Yeah. There was a lot um, of luck. Like I was, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, oh, okay. Yeah. That you just happen to remember that, uh, you know, that this area of the map just happens to look just like the cover of this really ancient D and D manual. Um, yeah. Some of those, some of those things, I, I like. It's hard to believe, um, but that being said, like, still, still very, very enjoyable, right? Like, I never, I never once kind of went. Eh. I mean, the the closest I got to that in amongst in amongst the novel was kind of towards the middle chunks of the book. Um, there's sort of the points where Wade just kind of decides to put his egg hunt search on hold just because. Yeah. He's in love. Yeah, that part um, was a little was a little weird for me too. Yeah, I, I it took me. I mean, like I was listening to the audiobook, so I, it just kind of kept going through. But like, I, I have a I have a bit of a an issue where if the book gets really slow, it will take me days and days to read a few chapters. Yeah. Um, whereas normally I would try and go through pretty quickly. Um, so, I mean, if I was reading the physical book here, this this part probably would have almost made me put the book down. Yeah, I like I've because if I was in in his in the character shoes, where I spend my entire life looking for the the keys and you know trying to solve these puzzles, and I'm the first one to solve the first one, I I feel like that would just motivate me even more to just set aside all you know, all the outside stuff. And it's like, no, I'm. I gotta. I, I'm. I'm a step ahead of everybody. I need to use that advantage because, you know, people are gonna. People are just gonna try and take it from me. You know. Yeah. They, see, they have, that's they, it. They right? have his. They. Yeah, they have his name up on the the scoreboard as the only person who's found a key, and the literally the entire world is looking at that scoreboard. Like, that would be a huge pressure for me to like. Or, you know, I, I'm gonna find the next thing. I gotta. I can't let someone take it. Just, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think maybe afterwards, like after having um, kind of found the first key, that would have that would have been my motivation to keep going. But I honestly, I don't know whether, like if I was in Wade's shoes, I don't think I would have lasted the five years without finding something to begin with. 
Yeah. Like I, I would have just given up uh, myself personally, but like, but once you've got that key, you, 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 you wouldn't want to stop. Yeah, exactly. But I guess Wade, Wade is a, a teenage boy, so um, true. Yeah, maybe that's that. That kind of explains it, I guess. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought um, once he kind of gets himself, like once he gets that first key, and he's he has his he, you know, money is not really a, that much of an issue for him anymore. Where he's built himself up like this asteroid uh, base that he's got with all this, all this the cool ships that he's ever wanted. I thought that was really, you know, the, I figured. I feel like that would be a cool place to kind of just stop and hang out. If 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 it was me in real life, I'd just like, okay, I'm good. I'm gonna wanna fly around in my X-wing and, and explore planets and stuff and just be awesome. Well, yeah, right. Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of people kind of pose that question. Hey, you know, if you if you had if you won ten million dollars in lotto, what would you do, right? And yeah. you know, there are some people who go, oh, you know, I'd still go to work and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Like you, you've got the cash. You, you'll you'll throw you know you'll you'll splurge half of it. Throw the other half in a bank account and live off the interest for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um. Like if if you got that, you wouldn't want to do. You wouldn't want to go to work, right? Like I, I just figure in Wade's case, like yeah, as you were saying, like once you've got enough money to own a planet and own your own ships and just you you'd just be like, you know what? I I think I'm set. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have kept going. Well, if you if you were in like a virtual reality world like this, and you didn't have the pressure of being trying to find all the keys, and you're pretty well set, what would your uh, what would your little world, you know, your base, or you know, what would you, what would your life look like inside the oasis? What do you think? Uh, um. Oh, gee. Uh, I don't know. Like, I. I mean. Just being in the oasis would probably be enough, I guess. But I mean, as with any, as with anything, right? Like, I guess over time you'll sort of start to get used to the idea of, hey, I'm in virtual reality, I'm I'm living here, etc. Um, I guess I'd just kind of just try and do stuff that makes me happy. I guess just have fun, just chill, play video games, hang out with my mates. Um, that'd that'd probably do me to be honest yeah i i I really liked that um in the beginning of the book when wade is still just hanging out with his friends and trying to find the first key they've got that little room that's tucked away where they can just play games and stuff and i thought that was just a really cool little place to that they could go and just hang out it was cool yeah i i'd probably have some little hideaway like that as well just kind of lay it out with everything that i enjoy um I mean, my my wife doesn't really appreciate it, but I've got you know paintings of anime characters littered up on the lounge room wall. Um, I'd have my own world where I could kind of just I could just be me. I could just yeah. have all that stuff everywhere, and not have to worry about it, and set it up the way I think it looks good, even though it no doubt looks very tacky. Uh, yeah, I think I'd, yeah. I'd be doing the same thing. Um, one other little thing that I thought was a little slow or was weird when I was listening to the book was when Wade is playing the Pac-Man game and I got when basically yeah when he when he plays the perfect game of Pac-Man and gets the quarter and like that's yeah. not the key and I was like it was just a kind of a it felt like they spent a lot of time in that section 
And then yeah, it just, for something that you didn't think was going to make any difference at all. And then yeah, and then they kind of just they don't they they don't drop it completely because it shows up later, but it just kind of goes away for the rest of the book until the very end. I thought that was a little weird. Where maybe if he had like done some like tried to do some more research on like what the, what that meant, it might have been might have been a little better. But I just thought it was it was just a little bit much. Little yeah, I mean. Yeah, there there was a, there were there were a couple of points like that, but I found that like even so like as, as I said before, like I, I don't I don't find myself to be much of a an eighties connoisseur, right? Um, but that being said, though, like there were a lot of those key references, and the story kind of took its bit it took a bit of time behind them. Um, but even the ones that were like really obscure, there was pretty much no chance I was going to figure them out and figure out what they meant before they actually kind of came into their own in the novel and expanded and went, oh, okay, that's what that was for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the quarter, right? Like, that was that was a nice touch, but it, it kind of weirded me out that there was no real reason for Wade to go to that arcade yeah. and play Pac-Man. It was, it was just, he just kind of went, I, I have a feeling I need to go here. And that those were the sorts of points where I kind of went, nah, I don't know if I would have believed that. Um, but, oh, but don't get me wrong, like, I absolutely loved the book in in as a whole, right? Um, but it was there was just those couple of points here and there that made me question it. Yeah, and, and the part where it really picked up for me was when Wade is gets uh, he's uh, yeah, let's find the right part. But basically, he gets put himself into the indentured servitude in the tech support section. Ah, uh, yeah. He gets himself arrested on purpose, anyway, like. Uh, on, it is on purpose, right? Where he's he yeah, just lets himself. Yeah, be- he he yeah. Apparently, he he, he may, basically he intends to get captured so that he can get himself inside IOI. And I mean, I I don't know if he really had that plan thought that far ahead. Um, but it was it at that point in the book, it was a little bit ambiguous as to whether he had originally intended to get captured. Um, but. Apparently he did. Yeah, um, and like once he was inside, they did show. You know, he it was pretty obvious that he had some kind of plan, and yeah. that that part was really interesting for me. It was like, okay, what's you know, what's his plan? Like he's literally in the belly of the beast, kind of a thing. Where, and he's he, he he's not like totally freaking out like he has been in the past. So I was like, what 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 is he up to? Um, I thought that was really cool. And then him building his once he gets out of the tech support. And he kind of kicks in his the next part of his plan where he's he's got his, using some of his money to to uh, buy to 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 rig up that that uh, the virtual reality like room that he's yeah that he sets up later. That 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 was really cool. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of cool the way like I mean it's it's a lot of a lot of movies kind of try to. F- you know, play off that same sort of idea of, hey, you know, oh, I meant to do this, you know, I knew exactly what I was doing the whole time. Um, and once it once it all sort of started to line up, you're like, oh, okay, cool, I see what's going on here. Um, it, it just, it, it did take a little bit of time to get there, um, if you ask me. That's what I, I, I yeah. think. Anyway. Yeah. And I, I did think it was cool once he, they were spending a little bit more time in the real world, the real world versus the virtuality virtual reality um I, I just thought it was really interesting just because to see what 
more of what the what the real world was like and how virtual reality had kind of what that meant for the real world and like how people were incorporating that into their normal lives i thought that was really kind of cool yeah no um so what did you think of the other characters like uh h and artemis uh i thought they're cool i mean obviously we don't spend we don't get to see any of their viewpoints we just see everything through wade wade's eyes um but you know i when i'm gonna make sure i get the right name but the one who is it was it h yeah H is the one who turns out to be completely different than than the than their uh, oh what's the name the like avatar they're they're H was the one who was completely different from their avatar in real life where I thought that was once that was revealed it's like oh okay that's 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 that's, that's that happens in real life too like he kind of got catfished a little bit. That, that was that, that was kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, it, but the 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 characters themselves, like they they were written relatively well in most parts, if you ask me. Um, I mean, given my kind of like, I guess, uh, I've I've got a bit of an affinity for the country of Japan, um, and so obviously uh, the two brothers, Dai, or they consider themselves brothers, Daito and Shoto, uh, the mm-hmm. Japanese characters, when they kind of came in they like i guess i felt more of an affinity to them um mm-hmm. now they admittedly in this particular book they they are come across as what they refer to in japan as um hikikomori which is uh basically how would i explain it um it's basically like people who live as recluses inside their own home um but not okay. necessarily like hermit by themselves but more as as in they have their family do everything well not not even so much that um but like you could actually be living with your family but still never leave your room um like your your family will make you dinner and bring it in and stuff like that (laughs) yeah i know one or two um (laughs) but it's 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 really cool like the way they kind of um bring in that whole idea of even though they're set in you know they're living in the you know well nearish future and they're in this amazing virtual reality world where they can do anything and instead they decide to kind of practice their pac-man technique um but despite all of that the japanese characters still manage to kind of bring in the whole idea of bushido and you know the ancient samurai idea and so major spoiler when when uh when daito is uh is killed basically shoto kind of really kind of bands together with the others to kind of in honor of his brother you know finish the fight and all that sort of stuff so um i really kind of liked the way those characters were written up yeah and i thought it was really cool to have i think because most of the other characters are like based in the u.s you know in the united states it's kind of cool to see a more you know that's definitely the entire world is participating in this it's not just an america thing well um i guess we'll, we'll wrap it up here and uh, thank you, thank you again for coming on and chatting a bit and taking some time out of your, the middle of your day. Hey, no worries, absolute pleasure. Always good to talk about nerdy stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, where where can people find you? Do you want to give a, like a link or two or something? Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, Twitter. I'm at Paul O'Malley. Um, I'm basically at Paul O'Malley on just about every service. Um, for 
our podcast. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and now even on Google Play. I managed to get around Google's region blocking. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, which is (laughs) really good. Um, Feel free to hit me up, follow me everywhere if you want to, and if you'd be so kind, hit up our podcast as well. Cheers. Yeah, definitely. I've I've listened to a little bit of it, and it's it's really good. So, well, thank you again, and uh, I think that's it.